Welcome to the Goodish People Podcast. I'm Jackie Pruitt. And I'm Hannah Jones. This is a podcast where we have hard conversations that are sometimes hard, sometimes funny, sometimes awkward, all while trying to be good people. Although let's be real, we are just good-ish. Emphasis on the-ish. Join us as we laugh, cry, and snort. That will be both me and Hannah snorting, probably at the same time, simultaneously, our way through lives most perfect our lives most pervasive or relatable conversations, navigating adulthood to the best of our capability. There may be wine. There definitely is right at this very moment. There may be coffee, maybe both, but always burritos. (laughs) Or pizza or carb of some kind, because these conversations are challenging and interesting and it takes carbs to fuel them. And that's just the truth. It do be the truth. So, Hanan. Hannah, Hannah, Hannah Collins Jones. That's me. That's you. Um, Stoney William Collins. Check me out at your local, I don't know, your wherever you would go to look me up, the records store. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Take me back in time. So today, what we'll be covering is a really pervasive topic, I would say, and one that Hannah and I find ourselves talking about quite often, because it's just juicy. It's meaty. There's a lot to discuss. Would you say it's juicy couture, like the pants, but juicy across the butt? 100% I would. No, 110% I would. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A lot of percent. Woo! Uh, although, I, fun fact, I was not allowed to buy those or anything that said anything on the butt as a kid. And then one time I went to an out-of-town swim meet in D.C. and I went into Victoria's Secret and bought sweatpants that said pink across the butt. And that's probably <laughs> the worst thing I did as a kid or the most rebellious thing I did as a child. So if that says anything about how fun I was. <laughs> I absolutely love those pink sweatpants. Not only are they super cozy, but I like how they say pink on the butt. Me too. I wish I still had them. But anyway, <laughs> enough distraction. <laughs> I do want some juicy the ones juicy too. Couture, the pink juicy couture sweatpants that are, I think are back in style. So let's um, keep your ear close to the grindstone. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. I thought you were going to say keep your ear close to the ground because you might see a sale that's going on with juicy because I've been thinking about getting some. Like I'm not going to lie. As basic as that sounds of me to say. No, you should do it. You should do it. But anyway, our topic today that Jackie said is pervasive. Jackie, you want to tell them why and what it is? Most definitely. So today we're going to be covering friendships in your early 20s, mid 20s, and late 20s. Would you say? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I, just in your 20s at large. And we can kind of talk about the differences because I, I don't know about you guys out there, but my life has definitely shown some difference in my friendships in those three phases that you talked about. So I'm cool with breaking it down that way. Okay, cool. I um had written down that we had talked about early 20s solo, but I think this makes way more sense to cover all of 20s. I agree. And I know you guys are really excited to hear us talk about this, but before we get in to the conversation about uh, friendships in our 20s, I think that we have to start with our tried and true highs and lows, highs and lows, happies and crappies. Happies and crappies. I happed my pants and I crapped my pants. That's better. (laughs) Can we use that in the future? Because I'm tired of having to say like early 2000s evangelical small group phrases. So we can just say I I happed my pants and I crapped my pants. (laughs) A happy and a crabby. (laughs) Jack, you want to kick us off with your happy and crappy or your happy, your happy in your pants and your crappy in your pants? 
Oh my goodness, yes. I would absolutely love to. And I can't decide if I want to begin with the crap or the hap. Um, My crappy was like really crappy. And my happy was really happy. Okay, what about this? What if you do your crappy and then I do my crappy and we do happy and then another happy? Switching so it up. crap the pants and then we double happy. <laughs> As you like to say, Hannah, dropping a, a deuce in the world's toilet. What? Is, how did you say? <laughs> One time I did direct quote say, dropping a deuce on the toilet seat of life. <laughs> so good. So good. Can't get much better than that, my... My goodish people friends. We'll all start with my crappy. Dude. Okay. So to give you some background, I work, I think I've already said this in the last episode of the intro, but I work in marketing and paid media specifically. And for the most part, I love my job. I love the people I work with, but goodness gracious, clients can sometimes be a little more on the crazy side. And so let's just say I had a bit of a breakdown at work this past week. And I've been spending a ton of time on this one client and it's been, it's been hard. It's been really been getting in my head and I've been having some trouble sleeping, just full transparency and it's not fun. Not at all fun. That's my crap. <laughs> my yeah, work, work is hard. You guys, I'm sure you already know if you're listening, um, the real ones out there know it's hard. Oh man. Yeah. My crappy, let's see, is probably, it's sort of work related. I have just been having a lot of anxiety, anxiety. My old friend almost sometimes feels like a warm blanket because I know it so well, but then it's also at the same time, uh, if you get too warm, it'll burn your skin. And last week I, owie. this owie, owie, third degree burns, uh, in the past week, it's been uh, a little bit more than usual. So just trying to sort through that and a lot of it's work related a lot of it's friendship related, just random stuff that has been crowding my brain trying to figure it out. So I think some of it is also, I'm, I have a doctor's appointment trying to figure out if I'm ADHD. And I think some of it might be that my brain just doesn't freaking shut off and it causes a lot of anxiety. So here's to hoping that I get that figured out too. So you guys can follow me on my journey. That's in June. The brain is a powerful thing. And I also commend you for researching a topic, thinking, hey, this might be associated directly, directly with me. <laughs> Do you finish most of the tasks you start? Yes. <laughs> Does your brain constantly race and you feel like you get distracted and find yourself doing something else? Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to be interested to hear more about your journey because um, – there's a chance. I mean, I, I get distracted pretty easily myself. I mean, I can remain focused, but I yeah, I don't know. I really am. I'm curious if it's if it's ADHD or if it's just the generation we were raised in and like trying to adjust to technology and you know growing up a pretty substantial amount into our you know preteen years without this level of technology and then having to like warp speed adjust to it as it's been expanding and just feeling like I can't ever catch up but at the same time I have other signs and other things that could really make me ADHD and not just like a product of this generation where we're all just trying to struggle to figure out how to stay afloat mm. with so much stimulus so who knows we'll figure it out stay tuned well I'm excited to go on this journey with you Thank you. You just hop all aboard. Choo-choo. <laughs> the roller coaster of life. Uh, yeah, but that's my crappy. Jackie, what is your happy? Oh, I had a lot of happies this week, actually, in the in the midst of a massive turd. Um, okay, so I did this really fun thing on Saturday night 
where I don't know if you've seen those TikTok videos where you pick your favorite cocktail or you pick three favorite cocktails you get with friends. You all serve up the, you serve up this cocktail. You don't really tell anybody what you're making though. And then everybody kind of votes on what the best one is. And you have like a presentation and all this crazy cool stuff. And one of my friends that picked a lavender gin cocktail made it to where it was like rubber ducky themed. So there were all these little rubber duckies in it. And he literally dressed in a bathrobe. It was absolutely hysterical. And that was a lot of uh, a fun night of enjoying splendid cocktails. I made a whiskey. No, 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 excuse me a bourbon hibiscus cocktail and it was awesome that sounds delicious i expect you to make one soon also what was with his like uh bear ears or something that he was wearing with his robe oh, yeah, I, I saw a video, video. i saw video footage <laughs> that was my next question because he did come out with like these lamb ears kind of is what they looked like okay okay but that it did, still doesn't make sense it made no <laughs> sense but apparently it's like what you wear when you're like washing your face it's just like a little headband oh do they that, also wear that on the tiktok and yes i just said the tiktok the tiktok i don't know about the tiktok because i'm not on the tiktok as often as i probably should be uh, eh. it's great place i use it as a search engine i will say the the young uh, gen z ladies are using these chunky headbands to wash their face and like a variation of the headband that was popular in 2016 that was braided if you remember that but now it's like even bigger and even more robust and they use that in all their face washing or makeup makeup videos whoa i feel like i just learned a lot about that i I don't know about the lamb ears though i haven't gone down that rabbit hole yet or the lamb hole if i must say (laughs) well i can ask clay i can text him right now and get you some lamb ears Oh, yes, Clay, I'm going to be knocking at your door, I, I guess. I don't know what I'm going to use them for, but I will find something. Well, we'll find you some. Maybe that'll be your hobby for the weekend, some lamb ears. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I need to hear about your hobby now, all right? Yes, yes. Okay, so my happy this week, uh, Connor, my husband, and I had some friends in town who one of them used to live here, and she and, like, and Connor – and I used to have these like, crazy weekends where we would just like get just be ridiculous and silly and fun together. And there was a real chunk of time there in 2021 before she moved away where we were with her like every weekend, just like doing nothing. But it became the best time. She's just really, really special to us. And she has been married since we actually met him before she moved away. And both of them came into town and it was just a, a really good time to see her and hang out with her. It made me really sad that she doesn't live here anymore, but mm. very glad that she was in town. We did, we spent as much time with her as we possibly could. And Jackie actually got to meet her. <laughs> and that was something that Connor jokes, like when three of us get together, he was joking that what Sherman did to Atlanta would happen again, that we just burned the city down, which I don't know if that joke's in good taste, but I, I understand the context because I know Jackie, myself and Olivia. So that it, read the joke how you will, but it tracks it does track and we like to have a good time and that was going to be my happy my other happy i was like which one do i decide on and then i was like i bet you hannah's going to pick the happy about olivia so I was like, right. oh, i'll switch it up um I've got it but we went out and we went out dancing and it was very fun we met some very in- interesting characters out and about in atlanta <laughs> Yeah, some some good NPCs, the non-playable characters of Atlanta. Uh, it's always fun, though. Connor and I live in a fun neighborhood, and we just love having people in town so we can show them around. So we just got to go to some some places that we love. But in each place, we ran into these very bizarre characters. Um, one of the bars, uh, if you're 
around Atlanta, you should go. It's called Little Spirit. But beware, there might be some some colorful characters there. And they're interesting. Just come ready to engage and have a great oh time. Oh my gosh, I forgot. I wasn't even thinking about Little Spirit. I was thinking about Hampton Hudson. I know Hudson. you were at Hampton <gasps> Hudson, but it was weirder at Little Spirit. It was and a not, weird not, vibe. Like, you know, in the moment, it was like, what is happening? And then post, I'm like, I have these great stories to tell. So I'm not mad about it. It was a great story, but I almost had a confrontation with somebody at the first place. I was very upset. Yeah, and Jackie was not having it with this guy who was a little overserved, and by a little, I mean far beyond overserved. And he was being weird for sure. Um, but bumping I think into people. Both of our husbands a free drink, so he saved us some money. So maybe we should I guess be he did. Him. Apart from bumping into people and acting a fool. Not, I mean, I've been there, but this was a whole other level, my friends. Oh, no, you have not been there, Jackie. Not that I know of. <gasps> no, not yeah. there. I've uh, bumped into people before and said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to run into you. Not a, oh, I stole your drink. Do I need to go get you another one? And just keep on. My gosh, drink. I think the world is divided between people that say, I'm so sorry. And people that just keep walking. And I don't know who's better or worse, but that's like a 50% split. <laughs> The older I get, the more I want to be the person that just walks away. Oh, me too. And I never will be because it's just not in my blood. It's just not who I am. I would be a complete phony if I were trying to live like that. But I respect the hell out of it. I don't remember the last time I heard phony. That was amazing. (laughs) Well, I'm feeling like a phony, ladies and gents. A phony? A phony baloney. Bam. I... Got really scared. Just gonna be really transparent with you guys. So we're on my husband's um, dual monitors right now, and the computer screen just went black. I was like really scared. We had lost some of the podcast material, but we're all fine. So that's we're why I fine. You've got to buy like a phony. Tech me off like a phony. There's this uh, technology. I've seen these. T- speaking of TikTok, I've seen these TikToks where uh, it shows different generations on a Zoom call at work, and, and for Gen Z it basically has them not in their chair because they said the vibes were off and they have their, um, their mouse, their mouse jiggler technology that they have plugged into their computer. So it'll jiggle their mouse and keep their computer live and keep their status red or green on teams or Slack. So the people think they're working. Apparently that's something that the kids are doing these days. And honestly, kudos. Wow. Kudos to them. And also, did I hear you correctly in saying that they just said, the vibes were off and they didn't want to be on the call. Did I misread that? I mean, yes, it's a joke on TikTok, but also I wouldn't put it past some of the Gen Z kids that I know. You know I mean, not I in a bad that. way. I'm not saying that out of disrespect. I respect it. Maybe I'll I've do it. I've often felt that. Like, <laughs> the vibes are freaking off today and I don't want to be on this team call. I don't know if Mercury is in retrograde or there are a bunch of phonies out there, but I'm very tempted to say the vibes are not well today. I'll be staying home in my pajamas on the couch with my dogs with some popcorn and my favorite show on. And an eye mask. I see you with cucumbers on your eyes. Yes. Cucumbers. <laughs> like Princess Diaries. And yes, like Princess Diaries, maybe my lamb ears pushing my hair back, but. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, I, I concur. Thanks for sharing. I know of we course. said we were going to vote, but I feel like this week you win the crappy for sure. You had like a really, really crappy week last week at work, and I just want to give that to you. <sighs> and I think that our our happies were shared mostly. No, I, I think you win the happy because that's oh. like super special. Olivia is amazing. She's my she new is. friend. Shout out Olivia. Oh, Olivia, you're wonderful. But you definitely win the happy. I had an excellent happy your crappy was really crappy though. And yeah. Yeah. You know, 
crap. I'm not saying it's not crappy. I just think that you had a hard week, and I want to give you the um, the invisible the loser medal. <laughs> the what? The invisible prize. Oh, thank you. I'm putting on the pen right now on my shirt. My invisible pen of loserdom oh, of phoniness. So just like I intended. <gasps> thank you, Hannah. I appreciate it a bunch, but. I, I'm really anxious to dive into this topic tonight because you and I often find ourselves talking about friendships. Um, I got to go out here and say it. Hannah is such an incredible friend and I feel so blessed to have her in my life. And she's so loving and get what? I just said bleh. <laughs> bleh. <laughs> you know, no, no, you're just so loving and giving and encouraging and you have so much to give and I, I think people just gravitate toward you. And so it's really interesting having conversations with you about people that are coming in and out of your life, whether they've been in there for a long time or, you know, a, a, a friend for a season. I feel like we oftentimes find ourselves talking about those sort of topics. Yeah. And I agree with you. It makes me anxious to think about talking about this because in full transparency to anybody who's listening to this, the area of my life that I feel like most a failure is in relationships. I just, I hold myself to a high standard and I'm constantly not meeting it. And then I feel as though when I don't meet it, I like sink into a hole and then like almost just hibernate away from facing the reality. And then it gets worse and worse and worse. And I'm too much, I feel that I'm often too much of a coward to come out of that hibernation and address what I've done wrong. And I'm trying to act now that I've, I've recognized that in my twenties, I'm trying to actively avoid that in future relationships. But yeah, this is definitely something that causes me anxiety too, because I don't, I know that while yes, I may be a good friend in certain scenarios, I have been far from a good friend. And I, I have so much pressure on myself that I almost, it's impossible for me to measure up to that. Um, but all that to say, I, I know that there, this is a, a spot of weakness for me that mm. I'm trying to get better at, but that's hard to talk about for us. We are Enneagram. Well, I have a wing three. Uh, we, we like to be good at what we do. And, and this is one that I know that I'm not necessarily great at. And that's hard for me to admit. Mm. That's a lot of good right there. But let me also say, before we go any further, yeah. Jackie is an amazing friend. I often look at her as a... Uh, just as a, an example of how I would like to be. And I mean that genuinely, she's shaking her head, but it's true. I, I think she has a level of consistency and honesty with people that, you know, I met Jackie when we were, you know, in our, I was in my young twenties. So I met her in this decade and maybe growing up was different. We can, we've talked a little bit about that, but as far as who I've known you as, you've been very accountable, very consistent and just honest and approachable and loving in a very real way, which is something that's really hard for people to do. So you're an incredible friend as well. And again, I know you're not perfect at it per se, but you definitely <laughs> no. are somebody that I look up to and admire your friendship skills. So thank you for setting such a great example. In fact, I wanted this episode to be me just asking Jackie about how she does what she oh does. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. I'm smiling so big right now because I feel so compl I feel so complimented and I feel like I'm very undeserving of all of those compliments. But yeah, I, I it's it's really 
sweet of you to say that. I feel that I look up to you in a lot of ways with the attributes that you have and how you treat people and the way that you love people. And it's really fun to watch. Um, Hannah and I have a group of friends together and it's just really cool to see how you speak into their lives so well. And I'm just, I'm just happy. <laughs> yes, I just love you. Well, I just okay. love you too. I just love you. Well, okay. So <laughs> since we're going to break it up into early, mid and late 20s, I, mm-hmm. I think that let's kick it off with early 20s. Maybe let's talk about specific signifiers of what relationships are like for us then. And mm-hmm. Um, things that maybe we wish we would have done differently or things we've learned since then. One that stands out to me is going off to college. So Mm -hmm. it's like you're in that time in your life. And I know that, you know, when you're in your 20s, most often you're already in college. So it's not like you're, you know, 17, 18, 19 going off to college. But when I think of early 20s, I think about leaving my high school friends and I, I think of starting anew. And I don't know about you, but my first year, freshman year, um, I went to the University of Georgia, go dogs. Hannah went to Auburn. Where you go? <laughs> there you go. Legally, legally. <laughs> or damn legally. Couple of SEC sweethearts down here. No, we're not really Southern. <laughs> <laughs> roll time oh gosh no not that from either one of us you won't get a roll time out of either one of us i hate that i even just said it i feel i, I feel like it, i need to take a shower you know how i said it it was the inflection that really was the message <laughs> oh my goodness um but i think that first year of college i had a really challenging time i think just being really honest with myself about who I wanted to surround myself with and I would join a sorority and I immediately you know sort of had had a had a group of people that I was surrounded by but oftentimes I really felt alone in that space um and I became I found a, a friend from that sorority and we became like so so close and we were doing everything together we were close for like six months um and then all of a sudden it's like I kind of had this wake-up call where I was like wait do I really feel good when I'm around you Like, do you lift me up? Do you encourage me? Do you bring me joy? And I sort of had this connection where I was like, no, like when I'm around you, I feel depleted. When I'm around you, I'm not my best self. When I'm around you, I'm not the qualities or attributes that I would like to see reflected in my life that I've seen in other friends or people. And so kind of having these hard conversations of who am I, what do I care about, and who do I want to spend my time around where I'm becoming a better version of myself. And so I moved on and I found it that sounds like terrible she's a wonderful person it's like I had to pivot and move to another group of people because that's not what was best for me at that time yeah that makes a ton of sense I um I can high school is a little bit like that for me in some ways but I would say for college I got really lucky and um in college specifically around early 20s would be like late college for me and um, into early adulthood I had these friends from college who were honestly the biggest freaking blessing in the world um if you're listening I love you all you're such beautiful sunflowers and you have changed my life forever um and I'll love you forever Uh, essentially my friends in college I grew up in a really like monoculture environment growing up and it was a beautiful place and full of a lot of love and a lot of truth. Mm-hmm. However, it was just people who all thought the same way. And I'm not saying that's bad or wrong per se, but when I went to college, 
I ended up in a sorority as well. And I didn't know anyone, anyone at Auburn, which is kind of the idea because I was trying to escape from who I was in high school, who was just like a dweeb who was so shy and didn't have you know, an ounce of confidence. And I wanted to enter into a world where I could change that. And anyway, so I did rush for sorority to try to meet friends. And I ended up in one with a bunch of uh, sorority rejects, I guess is a good word for us. We just didn't want to be in that world, especially, you know, in the state of Alabama, finding girls who are in a sorority, but don't really care about it is kind of unique. And not to say that caring about a sorority doesn't matter, or not, sorry, is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but it just wasn't our vibe. Anyway, all that to say, these girls were all super different from each other, but they just, their, their worldviews were different than mine. I had girls from different denominations of the church. So they weren't Presbyterian, uh, PCA Presbyterian, I must add, uh, like I was, they were, you know, Catholic. I had a lot of amazing Catholic friends that really challenged some things I was taught growing up. Then I had, um, friends who grew up in just different environments altogether. And I was like, these people are my soulmates and I love them so much. And they saw me in ways that I'd never been seen before in my life. So I got really, really lucky with those friends. And then when I graduated and um, some of them moved to Atlanta where I moved, and then some of them moved all over the map, um, you know, it's hard to stay in touch with people entirely. And I definitely am, that's a weakness of mine and uh, one that I'm trying to get better at day after day. However, uh, so that's definitely something that I struggle with and I found hard post-grad was mm -hmm. like learning how to balance all that while trying to make new friends where you, where I was. And I was anyway, and just like a season of depression, I think part of it was leaving college and, you know, being sad. And also Connor and I had gone through a really devastating breakup and I was just a complete hot, hot mess. And just was a really bad season for me. Um, so in my early 20s, I was really trying to figure out like, where do I land after having such an amazing experience in college of being seen? Mm -hmm. and it was hard for me because I clung back to what I knew pre-college and those people were amazing as well. Nothing wrong at all. But I think my heart still always longed to have this freedom and acceptance that I found in college with my mm -hmm. friends that I, in my home church and that environment just didn't have that I, I wasn't able to give myself the same mm -hmm. level of freedom. Maybe those around me were, but I didn't even try to give it to them because I was so afraid of being disapproved of or talk, you know, or rejected or what have you. So I struggled with that a lot in my early 20s. This just like fear of rejection, fear of judgment, um, and absence of the people mm -hmm. that like I found and I held most dear. So that was kind of it for me. But Jackie, I know that you had moved in your early 20s a couple of times. Like, what was that like for you? Before I, I feel like I have a lot to unpack about what you just said. Okay. Go for that. <laughs> you just said a lot of good things that I, I don't want to skip over. And I will 100% talk about my move and the impact of relationships in early 20s. And it's so funny because when I think about early 20s, I think about when I was a freshman in college, but really early 20s was so much life lived in college, post-college with jobs. It's really both. And I think you touched on some really good points there. I feel safest and most comfortable. And it sounds like it was this way for you too. When I was surrounded by people that weren't necessarily like me, but who created a space for us to be ourselves, to have diverse and really meaningful and compelling and enticing conversations where it might not always be a conversation that's just easy and that we agree on everything. And it's like, well, we like the same um, topics. We like the same movies. We like the same 
um, restaurants or we have the same ideas about life. We have the same ideas on political topics. It's like I've felt the most like myself when I've had individuals who can sit with me and challenge me and who sit there and go, hey, have you thought about this? Or like, hey, I love you with where you're at. And I'm not even, you know, thinking about anything else other than just like loving you and getting to know more about you. And it sounds like that was such a safe space for you in college. And that's hard to find with people. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I'll say about that is, I mean, it's incredibly hard to find and I hadn't felt in the environment that I grew up in. And again, this isn't about the people that were in it. I think it was just more of the institution of it. Like people loved me. I felt like they loved the idea of me as this amazing Christian girl that did everything right. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I ever mess up, are they going to still love me? And I genuinely still to this day don't know the answer to that question (laughs) Um, with a lot of the people I grew up around because I haven't tested it because I'm scared. Mm. I'm scared. And I'm trying slowly but surely to, to get into the weeds and like be okay letting people know things that I know will disappoint them. But it was a big weight on my shoulders. And with my college friends, it was like we could have these heavy conversations or deep conversations, but the stakes were so much freaking lower. And it wasn't like what you say today will will, you know, inform how I think of you for forever, which is how I often felt in high school or just in general. And then it was just like, oh, stakes are lowered. Mm-hmm. We can talk about things freely and you're going to have an open mind about it. And it's not like this is the end of the world kind of a conversation. And I just mm-hmm. always felt so much pressure on my shoulders. So it was such a freaking relief. Because I'm sure that people looked at you during that season and were like, oh my gosh, Hannah has everything down pat. She has everything right. Therefore, I want to get all the answers from her when really those people aren't diving deeper and like really, really at your core getting to know you. It's like they know, you know, maybe certain kind of actions that you're taking. And I'm trying to articulate this well, but it's really easy, I feel like, to when we think about our high school selves or thinking about an identity we had, whether that be through um, our religion, our communities, um, you know, some of the hobbies or activities that we took place in. It's really easy to become associated with that. And as somebody that, going back to our last episode, is a people pleaser, likes to people please, it's very easy to okay, I'm doing all the things right. Okay, the people want to know what, what this is about. Well, they see any bit of me that might be different from that. And like, I feel like a fraud or I feel like I feel like this or I feel like that. I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. Um, which is an ode to another story that we'll share sometime soon. But yes, <laughs> feeling like a fraud and then all of a sudden going, but I feel like I'm not being true to myself. I'm trying to meet this image that somebody has of me in their head and like, I'm not even being tr- like, who the hell am I? At the end it's of the day, it's such a whiplashing thing. Like, I think back to who I was in high school, and I have my initial feeling is just a ton of embarrassment. Like, gosh, how did I even have some friends? I didn't have a lot, but how did I have some? I'm so sorry to you guys out there. I was so emotional and had absolutely zero sense of self worth. It was bad, um, but because of that, like, my zero sense of self worth was totally informing the way I was as a friend. I was just seeking approval all the time. And seeking approval genuinely means that you're trying to melt to the people that you're seeking it from. So I'm I'm trying to, you know, morph into something that ex-friend wants me to be or or that they find appealing. And then for friend Y, I'm doing the same. So I just had no footing on who I was. And then I think 
going into college, I was just so like harshly trying to fight against that. And then I had a friend, my friend Lauren, uh, I'll shout her out. She's literally a queen among queens. I remember like various times where I'd be sharing with her one of the thoughts or, you know, thinking that what we were talking about was such a freaking big deal. And then she'd just be like, oh, Hannah, classic Hannah. And then she'd just laugh. And I'm like, wait, this conversation's supposed to be like so high stakes about like, life and the meaning of life. And like, you're supposed to tell me like, this is what's getting you a gold star, but you're just laughing like, oh, it's funny that you say this. And let's move on and talk about other parts about yourself. Stop trying to like get approval from me. Mm. And it was the sweetest sense of relief. But anyway, totally identify with that. I just didn't, yeah, I didn't have a sense of, a sense of self at all, which led me to be a really crappy friend because I was just trying to find my worth in other people, which is such a waste of time really is and it's really freaking exhausting and that doesn't last very long on the friendship train yeah and I think it's easy in your early 20s to do too especially if you like to bring it back and I don't know if you experienced this but I know like when I moved back and eventually you know started re-engaging with people I hadn't hung out with in a while and I had this new sense of self who I was and then I felt that they didn't really know me because I they knew my lack of self-worth person growing up and then it was like almost re-meeting these people and having to re-engage with them I feel like in your mm -hmm. young 20s you move to a new place even especially and let me know if this relates to you because I didn't move to a completely new place until later in my 20s but I just yeah I feel like it would be easy to fall back into that trap of trying to just be relevant to the people around you to try to just make a quick connection when you don't have any connections around you. Yeah. When I moved to Nashville, for sure. Um, and it's weird because like I d definitely was like figuring out who I was in Nashville too. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry I'm just her head off mic. Hannah just leaned way over, <laughs> away from the mic and I was like, are you okay? Are you going to get sick? I just burped. Are you going to burp? Are you going to do a cough? Um, but when we moved to Nashville, um, I moved there in 2018 and I had a very hard time finding girlfriends and finding people to connect with. And like Ned was my community and like Ned's guy friends were my community. And I just, I that. yeah, I just felt really isolated and I was really hungry for those friendships that I had had in college. Cause later on in college, I really found, um, several friends that were you know absolutely incredible and who I'm still really close with and um I think moving there was really lonely and really hard even though Ned and I were at the beginning of our marriage we were having this great time in Nashville but I was just yearning for that community and every person that I met in Nashville like I felt and this is this is gonna sound I need to like be careful about how I word this because I have friends in Nashville now who I'm, I feel like we're just as close as we were when like I left. I was there for four and a half years. Um, and I, I made some really great friends there, but early in my being there, I felt like a lot of the friendships that I had, and these aren't the friendships that I'm specifically talking about. I'm getting really confusing and in my head about anybody. Current friends, not a part of this. Yeah. Current friends, not applicable. There you go. I'm I like, how do I say this uh, eloquently? But I feel like people just liked to talk, talk, talk at me and they weren't really, they wouldn't listen to me. It was like a one-way street. It was like, okay, well, Jackie is a, a good listener and she hears me and she sees me. But at the end of the day, she, you know, 
that's what I I just felt used and those people weren't attempting to use me but I was very hurt by a lot of those relationships but here's where I could have done better I could have done something different I could have told those people they made me feel that way and to say hey I I don't this is my love language I received this type of love really well and I never took the opportunity I just said these people exhaust me therefore I'm not going to spend time with them gosh yeah I relate to that so much and I had a lot of similar relationships throughout the course of my life and I totally enabled them because for a while I felt so nice to be wanted that like I had something to give to Mm -hmm. people was such a like (laughs) it was like a revelation to me. I'm like, oh, wait, I actually have something to offer people. Are you freaking kidding me? This Mm -hmm. is brand new information. And so at first it was a little intoxicating. And then after a while I was like, wait, I set the precedent that this is what I do for people. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, not reciprocated because I allowed for that precedent to be set. Mm -hmm. And it just was, became very draining for me after a while. And then I definitely didn't handle it well when those relationships either drifted or fell apart or what have you, especially when I was younger and I know I probably do it now. I'm gosh. Yeah. I definitely, Mm -hmm. the ish, the the good ish uh, right here, this is my ish part um, because I totally relate to that. And I wish I could go back and restart some friendships and we could both have an opportunity to lay even groundwork and almost have like a, I'm in, I'm in corporate SaaS sales now. And before you start a sales evaluation, you have a discovery call where you learn about what everybody wants and needs. And then you let them know what you have available. And then you decide, do we feel like we could potentially be a good partnership mm-hmm. business wise uh, before we go into this long, like couple month long evaluation of our product? And I wish friendships had a little bit, I know it would feel so awkward, but I almost wish that friendships had a little bit more of that at the top where it's like, Jackie, what do you need out of a friendship? Mm-hmm. What what is like what do you what are your expectations? What are all of this? And then I can share the same, and then you can find either a common ground or realize like we might not be the best fit for each other because mm-hmm. I often found myself in relationships where you never had conversations like that. I did wow. not have any conversation like that at all. I was I am terrible at facing hard conversations and I'm trying to get better. But I I've learned that clear expectations really are such a savior and I never set them. So I got used over and over and over mm. again for my insight and ability to, you know, to be with people and the really hard stuff is probably one of my strengths and like let them know like, hey, that freaking sucks and just mm-hmm. sit with people in it and let them know that they're great and worthy and their presence matters even when stuff is hard and shit hits the fan. I know that that's something that I can provide to people, but like that can't be what I do every day. It's, I want to be able to, but I just can't, especially when it's not reciprocated for me. So I would go back and do, have a discovery call with all those people and also apologize to them for how I didn't set expectations earlier on. A friendship discovery call. I mean, I like that a lot. I think you could sell a whole service around that. Here's how, here's the package. Here's the three-tiered package on how to <laughs> start off each friendship. When I've never even read a self-help book, maybe. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's a cool concept. And I, and I think that's a great idea. You come into it and you go, hey, um, this is what I need. This is what you need. So um, I'm trying to think about how I want to word this question. Because both of these things are like really hard. I know you touched a bit on like 
having a little bit of remorse and regret on like things that were unsaid or like a situation that happened where um you know you could have said something at the time and you didn't and like let's just say you weren't friends with this person anymore or maybe you guys still have somewhat of a relationship i can't tell in my head if that situation is harder to me or a situation where you've been friends with someone for a really really long time and it's like you still have an ongoing relationship but you cannot be your honest self with that person the second option is I think harder. I mean, I carry a lot of guilt and shame over friendships where I've failed or I've allowed my jealousy to get in the way or Mm. exactly what I was explaining before, get in the way. Uh, And either those relationships have drifted to not the same level of closeness or they've completely decombusted and are deconstructed. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm saying. Deconstructed and are no longer relationships. Um, That's really freaking hard. However, I think the second thing that you said is significantly harder because you really value those people that their place in your life is significant and oftentimes can be like childhood mm-hmm. friends. Uh, and, and they can't be replaced. Like those people have known you forever, but it's really hard. I think when you've known somebody that long, you never had an opportunity to have a friendship discovery call. And it's like, mm-hmm. you have to really go out of your way to have that. And oftentimes it can be, the stakes are really high because yeah. that friendship's been around a really long time. I don't have a lot of great answers there, but would love to hear more about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I sometimes selfishly, and this is going to sound really, really bad. It's just honest. I think sometimes I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, it would just be easier in some seasons with that friend to have had a situation where we didn't talk anymore. And like that within itself is the harder situation. Um, and that's my selfish kind of nature of being like, I don't want to deal with these feelings with this person. I don't want to confront them. So I'm sort of going back to the first option and going, (laughs) oh, should I just like, you know, be like, hey, this is not working out. And then I go back a year or two later and be like, wow, man, I really messed up. So it's funny because I think the two can be, you know, sort of intertwined and related. But I think oftentimes with friends I've been friends with for a really long time and we're in different seasons, I become resentful because I'm like, you can't understand where I'm coming from in this season of my life. And like, you can't love me in this season. And that's, but I can't love you in this season. And like, that sucks because I love you. Yeah. That does suck. Sheesh. Oh man. Yeah. Mike drop on that one because Oh gosh, that's so real. And I can't imagine that anyone that's listening doesn't have, that's in their 20s. Jackie and I are um, in our late 20s now. And I can't imagine that anyone listening who's our age or older, or maybe even younger than us has a resonant feeling when they hear you say that. I know Mm -hmm. I do for sure. It's like these people that I love, like sisters, like my family, and I hope they know that I'll love them forever and that that will never go away. Mm-hmm. But man, you go. we all go through different seasons where we may live far away. We may just be in completely different places, whether it be, you know, in our relationship, for instance, for me, sometimes like in my relationship to the church or to like mm-hmm. what I'm healing from with my own experience and journey that I like hundred percent need space to figure out. And I need no pressure on me as I do it. Like not, well, I need accountability from friends, but I need people to be understanding while I figure it out. And like I found that to be hard with people that I grew up with because mostly, you know, part of it, I don't think, Jackie, that you experienced this or you probably push past it more than I do, but I just have so much fear that people will 
judge me. And I've listened. I was a part of the Christian community. I am still a part of the Christian community, but I was a part of my church so much growing up. I was so involved that I heard so much shit talk about people that went outside the lines and that, you know, sinned or did things that were considered wrong that I know that that shit talks happening about me behind the scenes. And it just like really kills me. And I just don't want to face it. And I wish that I could, and I wish I had the courage to do so. And I actually like hope and pray that I gain that courage with every passing year to get a little bit better at it. I know overnight it's not going to get immediately healed, but I like my long-term friendships, that's what I suffer from. It's like, I have this paralyzing fear of filling them them in truthfully on where I am because I'm afraid they're going to lecture me and then they're going to gossip about me behind my back. And I just like, don't want that to happen. And I can't imagine the weight of it. And so I selfishly just keep the distance, you know, like keep close enough for us to still be friends, but it's because I don't feel like I'm safe to talk about those things without some serious repercussions. Gosh. But I don't get the, oppor- then the opportunity to try. So that's the, the, the full truth for me is like I haven't given a lot of the people in my life the opportunity to respond. Mostly because I've heard so many people <laughs> say so much bad stuff about people that I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. It's such a defense mechanism too. And I, I think you said it really well when you said, you know, I'm keeping my distance. I'm keeping you at a distance. It's like a self-protection mechanism. You know, I've got to defend myself. I got to keep these walls up because I know for a fact, and I say a fact, I don't know that this person may be saying these negative things about me or maybe talking to other people about what they do or do do not approve of my life or disapprove of. And the older I've gotten, I, and I've really within this past year had these moments of going, if that person is going to think that of me, and they're going to say these things and they cannot say them in my face, like they do not know me well and they do not love me well. And if that's what they want to say, preach. <laughs> I want I want to have that mentality. Like I'm learning from you right now because that's so true. And it's done. I'm not doing those people a service by not being my true self when I'm with them mm. and being honest with them. It's not like I'm being a fake version of myself. I'm just withholding some aspects of my current life that are not bad things. Like I'm really grateful. I love where I am in life right now. I'm figuring a lot of stuff out that I have space to figure out because I have so many safe people and a husband that supports me. And I just like couldn't be safer. However, like I'm doing my friends that I've known forever and my family too, a disservice by not being completely honest with them. And I don't know what that block is for me that keeps me from from being able to just speak. Like I want, I'll sometimes even have like thoughts in my head and come prepared to say things. Mm-hmm. And then I just like, can't get it out of my mouth. So you're encouraging me that it's better to say it, mm-hmm. see how they respond and be confident and stand your ground that you, you, you may look back in a couple of years and be like, wow, I was being an idiot, but at least I was confident. And yeah. at least I stood up for my self-worth. So I'm going to try to take a page out of Jackie Pruitt's book <laughs> on this one and practice that a little more. I'm trying to work on it, man. I, I appreciate you saying that because you're you're encouraging me to keep going with that because it yes, hasn't been please the most. keep going. It's a good example for me well, and for others. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it, it doesn't always feel the most comfortable, but I think recently I've just felt like I've been betraying myself if I don't do it. I'm like, I have to say this or I have to be honest about the situation or at this point in my life it makes way more sense for me to be, you know, focused on not 
not that or not them or not what I think is being said or, you know, what have you. I'm just like, I've spent so much time and energy thinking about that in other seasons of that friendship where I just have to like, let it, let that shit go. Yeah. I love that. And I think too, like one thing I have to remind myself is that when you're honest with somebody, which again, I'm trying to get better at, uh, when you're honest and lay it out where you are, how you are, what you're thinking, answer like just being transparent, then you don't have anything to be anxious about because you are just your full self. And it, in my opinion, that leaves the relationship open to rebound better. When they come back, it can be a more honest comeback where you, they say, "Hey, I'm sorry for treating or for judging you for X Y Z. Now I'm going through X Y Z, and I realize that I was really hard on you because I, I use that example because when I think about myself in high school and how judgmental I was, I really genuinely thought I wasn't being judged." I thought I yeah. was loving people by setting boundaries for them and like mm-hmm. judging them when they didn't with uh, didn't adhere because I thought they'd be better off if they adhered to those guidelines. Uh, and I know that that's what people are trying to do with me as well. But anyway, they're gonna they're going to encounter a season where they struggle or are in a time that's different than it is now, and they'll understand. But they can only relate to me in that way if I actually let them in and they actually understand what's going on with me. So yeah, there may be distance for a couple of years, but at least the comeback can be honest. Yeah. And there's no anxiety in between. Like, you know, that they know where you are. Mm-hmm. They can give you a call if they want to, because that's my that's biggest true. problem is like, I carry so much freaking baggage of relationships. I feel guilty about. Cause I've mm-hmm. a lot of them that I feel really, really freaking guilty about. And I almost like bury myself behind it. And I'd rather just not carry that around anymore. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather take the book bag off and just yes. not worry about it. But it it is really, really easy to sit in a season and like be on this high horse and be like, oh, look at me. I'm just like, I'm not having to really carry any weight. I'm just riding the ride and I'm watching everybody else that's like walking around with maybe a certain problem that I haven't experienced before or, you know, it's where I can't see eye to eye with it. Like, it's so easy in my looking back at seasons of my life where I've thought I've known it all and then all of a sudden go wait I really didn't freaking have it figured out and like what an asshole I was it to, for being so judgmental and I really want to keep myself in check too of going okay you know uh, even if I, I you know I love you I, I care so much about you and we're in different seasons like by goodness gracious like if you're struggling or you like you know, are going through a difficult time. Like I I want to be able to be here for you. And I know that's not always the case. And that's another challenging element of it too. It's like, I love you. I want to help you, but like, I know I can't help you like in this season because you don't want my help. There's also that element of it too. So. Yeah, that's so real. And something that that just made me think about is how there have been seasons because I do struggle with mental health and anxiety and depression, like a very, very real way where there have been a lot of seasons in my twenties in my life, honestly, um, that I can remember since I was in middle school where I've been depressed to a degree where I genuinely can't carry the load for somebody else. And I think Mm -hmm. that really comes back to bite me because some of the gifting that I have, um, people need, or they they seek out that depth in me and that depth of, of comfort and meaning that I'm able to provide that I'm really proud that I can help people with. But when I'm depressed, I can't really conjure that up. And it's really hard for me. And I have to do a lot of time 
gaining and sleeping. I have to sleep a lot. I got to, you know, work on myself. And it's really something that I have, you know, tried to set boundaries in the past, but I need to be even clearer with people like, Hey, I love you. I'm going to try to show up for you. But like, I don't have as much capacity in this season as I usually do. So if you could just give me a little bit of grace, I'm going to work to get back to a place where I have capacity. I want to be better at voicing that in the future. Mm -hmm. That's just it's a part of me. At least it has been historically. Maybe it won't be again in the future, but I doubt that. And I need to get more equipped at maintaining friendships throughout those seasons by setting healthier boundaries. Mm. Man. Yes. So hard. I want to emphasize that like a text message. (laughs) I love that they added those actions. It's so much, it's so much better. It's the best. I'm like, I want to take this little tiny bubble that's in my phone and I want to say, yeah, that bubble's awesome. Yeah. Yes. So healthy boundaries. I love that. Big proponent of healthy boundaries. And I, I feel like that right there is the answer to a lot of the things that we've been talking about is like, yeah. should we do our carryouts? Yeah. Before we do, I do want to say something about healthy boundaries. I think so. This whole conversation was about friendships in our twenties. We started with college and then we talked about a little bit of the early twenties. Jackie mentioned moving to a new city. Um, What I think closing it out on healthy boundaries is really a great place to land because I think that one of the things I would go back in time and tell baby Hannah when she was 22 or 23 is (laughs) I would tell her, Hey, a lot of these relationships were set before your full frontal lobe was connected at the age of 25. And you didn't have the ability to fully understand yourself. And I mean, we never really do. I don't know either. But uh, you also didn't have context for the world. You're learning how to work and what it means to be an adult. And it's a big freaking season with a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It is okay that you didn't know exactly how to set boundaries for yourself. It is okay that you didn't know exactly how to communicate to your friends. Just be open, be honest, and like keep learning from your mistakes. And I, you know, when I look back and there's so much I would do different, like honestly, genuinely so much I would do different. And I genuinely mean that. Like I'm not just saying that. Mm-hmm. However, I am grateful that I I'm, I'm trying to just learn from the things that I feel I did wrong and give myself grace because it's been a, it's been an up and down and all over the place decade for me. And yeah, I just wish maybe Hannah knew that it's okay, that it's going to be up and down and all over the place because it is a hard decade for everybody. And Mm -hmm. the adjustments are out of this world. And especially when you're like a shy introvert, like me, that's also very social. It's just a very overstimulating decade. Yeah. So coming off of that. Um, So I just, I want to say to you all, like if you're in your twenties and you are navigating relationships. Um, if you're well past your twenties and you're thinking back on this season, just mm-hmm. remember with grace your stories because I know when I look back, I just do a lot of demonizing of myself, and I do a lot mm-hmm. of like um, I do a lot of damage to myself when I look back on my previous relationship, and a lot of it's earned. But I also just know that that's not going to get me anywhere. It just keeps me from getting better. So just remember. Give yourself some grace and remember that it's a really hard decade and that it was hard for everybody else involved. So they probably will have a lot more grace for you than they, than you think they will, because they also probably feel like a bag of trash. (laughs) (laughs) And also you wouldn't be the person that you are today without those experiences. And so I think that's where that grace element comes in. 
but at the same time you know we were babies we didn't know what we were doing and keep it up everybody keep keep keep, keep fighting up. keep being a good friend keep pushing through keep like feeling those feelings and keep being self-aware and keep being introverted extroverted um any kind of verted <laughs> any <laughs> thing um and the last thing i'll say i know i said the last thing so the second last thing is that i did have a, a small group leader who i absolutely adore growing up it was in middle school and early high school who i remember talking to a lot about my friend troubles in that season in my life because mm-hmm. i just had a lot because i'm a complicated person okay and <laughs> and i'm a good way to be yeah I remember talking to her. Yeah. She also said like, you act like a 40 year old woman when I was 11. So that's just who I am uh, in some ways, but also was way immature as well. Complicated time. Uh, But she, I remember her looking at me and saying, Hannah, there are friends of seasons for a reason. And you don't have to stay close with everybody forever, but you can look back on appreciation for those friendships. And I think it was a time in that season of my life where I was moving friend groups. You know how that happened in middle school or high school where you know, you'd mm-hmm. get left behind by your friends or kicked out or whatever. And it was like a very big deal. And I remember her saying that and I'll never forget it. Thank you, Christian. Um, it was, thank you, Christian. Yeah, thank you, Christian. Some of the best advice I ever received and just remembering that like God gives us people in a season and we can love them forever and allow them space to flourish where they are and not try to hold on to them forever or keep them leashed to us. And then if they come back into our life, you can re-engage with them for that season and just realize that people are also out there trying to manage their own life and their own situation and their own seasonal friends and Mm -hmm. learn from that and just take the pressure off of every relationship. Obviously you want to be a good friend and a loving friend, but Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to view people as a blessing for a season and not something that you own or that's yours yeah. because they're not. They belong to God and they belong mm-hmm. to themselves and they have their own story to tell. So yeah. it's just something I wanted to end with. And I guess we'll I do, like our yeah. do our carryouts. Yeah. We'll do our carryouts. We will. Yes. Um, I can start with mine. If you Go for it. Um, take it out. Take it out. Take it oh. out. <laughs> take Take my order because you're blind like a carryout. Let me walk it to you. Mm, gosh. Oh, no. I'm having a brain fart. Like Something just JT said. It's been a long week. Oh, my it's God. Like, it's Monday. Oh, no. It's Monday. It feels like it should be Friday. Oh, my goodness. I said it's been a long Lemon, week it's and it's only Wednesday. Monday. Sorry. It's that's Wednesday? a dirty rock quote. I adore that. Okay, you guys are <laughs> Now I don't know what day it is. Um, I would say my carryout would have to be appreciating and I didn't say this at all during this podcast but I think taking everything that you said and everything that I said and if I was to put it in a to-go box save it put it in my fridge for later unpack that stuff heat it up in the microwave mm, sit down watch put my good movie on and then unpack everything again to consume it wow I'm getting really in depth with this metaphor but I would say enjoying those friends that are in your life now that love you that support you that are there for you like focus on those people and it is okay to have feelings and thoughts and what have you about maybe relationships that aren't the same as they used to be or relationships in the past that went really well and aren't the same or things that are going really poorly and used to be great and what have you it's just like focusing on appreciating the good stuff, but at the same time, not beating the shit up out of yourself for relationships where you feel like you've been a failure. Yes, it's okay to be introspective 
and it's okay to self-reflect and then to address it with that person and be like, hey, yo, I'm a human being. I'm going to mess up. But then to have like enough self-respect and realization to go like it does take two to tango. No one is perfect. Certain things happen for certain reasons, reasons and seasons. And so to really focus on like, what do I value? What do I appreciate? What am I thankful for right now in this moment in time? And just really, really hold on and enjoy that. That's my carry out out of everything because the 20s have given me, now that I'm closer to the end of my 20s, both of us are, it's like, what have I really, really appreciated about it? And I think at the end here, it's been the honesty and it's been the vulnerability and the calling things out and being like, I was a shitty friend when I was 21. Thank goodness I'm not 21 and a shitty friend anymore. Hallelujah. (laughs) Exactly. And just focusing on how I can continue to be a good-ish person in this world. Emphasis on the ish, but always trying to be, you know, the most good that I can be. Um, does that resonate with you? What would you say of what I just said? Does that sum it up pretty well? Yeah. I mean, I love your carry out. I would pack it up in one of those little Chinese to go boxes and take it right home. Thank you. No, I love it. I think that that is a beautiful one and one that means a lot to me in this season because I feel like Jackie, mainly you and a ton of our other friends that we adore are people that I feel that I can be genuinely honest with. And it's really hard for me to do that. I don't know why or what's wrong with my brain or my head or what. Um, There's a lot wrong with us all. So that's not, that's not making me extra worse. But anyway, I really relate to that. I feel extremely blessed by the seasons of my life where I've had people that I know love me for who I was made to be and flaws included. Of course, everybody would rather us all get better and move past our flaws. But when we love somebody, we love them for their whole self. And honestly, I can't relate to people that don't show their flaws. So Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. I think it's a beautiful season and I just need to soak it up. But I think my carryout's a little bit different, Mm -hmm. Um, related. I mean, it's all related, but I think what I want to pack up in a to-go box this week is I have been uh, particularly hard on myself over the course of my entire life, just carrying a lot of weight for the things I've legitimately done wrong in my life and in my friendships and ways that I've treated people, you know, with a lack of dignity, a lack of respect, um, a lot of things that I really, really regret. However, I know that I have a capacity for looking back on that and letting it define me as a crappy person and letting it push me down. Um, I'll give this metaphor. When I was a volleyball player, I had a coach that um, I really respected and admired because of one day, it was one actually one weekend tournament where I observed him coach my one of my teammates by yelling at her and giving her criticism and feedback and like getting her amped up through yelling. <laughs> if you've ever met me, you know that that's the opposite of how you amp me up. I will cry <laughs> in your face. Um, and he knew that. He was a really good coach at that same exact tournament. He pulled me aside and he gave me a speech about how um, he said, he asked me, he said, do you know what the batting average is for getting into um, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? And I said, yeah, it's uh, over 300. And he was like, do you know what that means? 
Um, and I said, yeah, it means you would hit three out of 10 balls over the course of your career, basically, is what that means, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys can write me a long email about baseball. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm sure you're right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, he gave me that speech. And I, you know, was, I grew up with brothers, so I knew enough about baseball. And he was like, so stop being so hard on yourself when you mess up one pass as a libero in volleyball. He was like, stop being so hard on yourself. It Because I'm the kind of player that when I make a mistake, I get in my head and I think I can't do it. Um, and my teammate was the person who makes a mistake and thinks I better get better immediately and just like lets that fuel her. And that's just not how I'm wired. So when I reflect on these relationships and I re reflect on what I legitimately did wrong, I can let it really drag me down mm -hmm. and define me as this like piece of crap that can never be a good friend, has never done anything right. And I know that that's not entirely true. And I, when I stay there for too long, I think it just really makes me forget all the ways that I can contribute to people. And it, it takes the me out of my existing relationships. Yep. Uh, and it's just not fair to myself and it's not fair to the people in my life. And I need to also gain some confidence here and say, yeah, I made mistakes. So the hell does everybody else. And yeah. it doesn't mean that I shouldn't feel bad. I should a hundred percent apologize and feel bad. And I, I want to get better at that. As I've said a million times on this podcast episode, but what I need to get better at, what I need to take out this week is mm -hmm. self-forgiveness and just being like, Hey, yeah, you made a mistake. So freaking what you're a human being just get better tomorrow. Like small steps. You're not going to yeah. get hundred percent better in all these ways by tomorrow. Just focus on the small things and then you'll incrementally over time, get better at being, you know, sh straightforward with people and talking about uncomfortable topics and facing judgment when you know, it's going to come at you. I'm going to get better at that. If I focus little by little. And when I just sit in the ick for too yeah. long, I really, really, when I sit in my, my ish side of my good for too long, mm -hmm. it can get really, really cumbersome and hold me back. So that's what yeah. I'm hearing about this week. And it just takes taking that first step and getting up after you fall. And I love a good sports analogy and I, I get it. Really <laughs> my identity was entirely being, uh, uh, like loving movies, mm -hmm. being an athlete, and being a good Christian girl. So I have a lot of stories <laughs> related to all three of those things. Heck and yes. reading, I loved, I loved classic. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> the absolute best. Um, yeah, if you get knocked down, you're not knocked out. You can get back up and get back up again. Get back up again. Keep on moving. This is the Goodish People Podcast. Get on moving, friends in your twenties. I've enjoyed this episode. It's been a fun one. It's been a really deep one, and I'm definitely sweating. There, you're seeing uh You almost just saw an autopsy of Jackie and I's souls. I mean, really though, it's hot in here. In this yeah, office, in Ned's but office. But also, it's hot in here topic-wise, it's hot in the office. It's also just something that I think part of the reason we think about this so much is because our friendships really matter so much to us that we take them yep. way too seriously, like more seriously mm -hmm. than a lot of people, which leads the us to feel like the failures are even bigger of a deal. And like I personally mm -hmm. can't that. I feel like if somebody, if I hurt someone, mm -hmm. then I've soiled it forever and I, we, our friendship just can't soiled it. Soiled it. And so I was like, uh, anyways, but I think this topic was so deep because we like, this is probably one of the biggest values in our life is the relationships that we have. Definitely. This is a big front runner 
in the topics of life that we value and that are pervasive and that are vulnerable and hard and things that are important to talk about. And I'm glad that I get the opportunity to talk about them with you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for listening and letting me be honest. Also, we will probably return to this topic in the future in different ways. So stay tuned for that. But thank you guys for listening. And I hope you, I hope some of it was helpful to you. And if not, you know, just, just don't tell us. Yeah. You can skip this episode and go to the next one (laughs) if you want. There will be a lot of content, so if you need to move on. But this is a good one. I don't think you should skip it. Well, you'd already be at the end, so I probably should have said that at the beginning. Bummer. No, okay. it's okay. You, you know, it doesn't really Well, you matter. made it this it far. Matter. It's all good. Yeah, you made it this far. You heard our, our woes of our, of our 20s friendships. Um, yes. Hopefully in 10 years, we can talk about our friendships in our 30s. Ooh, yeah. We will. On this podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. episode 4,000. Um, 1,075. Yeah, it's like I can remember any kind of tune, but sometimes with the lyrics, it's a little bit fuzzy. I also love show tunes. There was a season after Connor and I broke up and I graduated and I was really lonely. Told a little bit about that earlier, you know, early twenties life, mm-hmm. where I just dug hard into musicals, and I, I'd always liked them, but it was like a really weird turn for me because I can't sing, and I'm not musical in the slightest. Like I am an athlete, and I have like a, I have a writing brain, but I am not. Mm-hmm. I am not a musician, and me it was either, like a weird turn where every day I come home from work and I'd watch like three different musicals. <laughs> It was amazing. Maybe we do an episode on musicals. That sounds pretty. I would love dope. it. I would love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're gonna make it happen. Um, but yeah. But on that note, thank you guys for listening. We love <laughs> you here at the Goodish People Podcast. This week felt really ish for me, so thank you for leaning into our goodish in asterisk. Uh, next to the ish, we love you tons, and we will catch you next week. Catch you later, goodish people. And now I'm going to cue us out with our outro music, which is also our intro music. Party party.